Welcome back to Core Conversations, a CoreLogic podcast, where we dive into the heart of what makes the property market tick. I'm May Claire Bolton-Smith, your host and curious observer of all things related to property, from affordable housing to market trends and the impacts of natural disasters to climate change. I want to converse about it all. So many of us fantasize about owning the home of our dreams. For many people, that's a modest three-bed, two-bath home with a white picket fence. But for some, a more luxurious home is in the cards. And finding that perfect five-bedroom villa on eight acres of land in close proximity to a major metro area can be a challenge, one that could run you about $100 million. With such a price tag, it's safe to say that there are only a few people in the world who could afford such a dream. While prices for luxury property have been steadily increasing, buyers who dream of owning such homes are undeterred. In fact, the demand for luxury homes has expanded significantly in recent years. From Australia to Paris to California, the number of homes that are selling for seven or even eight-digit sums has climbed over 100%. But there is a class beyond luxury, ultra-luxury. These homes are sold for more than $40 million dollars. However, they're not always located where you would expect, nor are they always owned by domestic residents. As the restrictions imposed during the pandemic continue to fade, traditional international luxury markets have taken off. More surprisingly, though, are the new ultra-luxury property destinations that have made it onto the map. Joining us for a tour of the global luxury property market and an exploration of how the other half lives, we have CoreLogic Deputy Chief Economist Selma Hepp with us. Selma, welcome to Core Conversations. Hi, McClare. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so we've chatted with many of your colleagues on this podcast already this year, but we're particularly excited to have you here to talk about the luxury market. So before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your role here at CoreLogic? Sure, thank you. I'm Deputy Chief Economist at CoreLogic, and I've been with the company for about two years and a few months. I actually started at, uh, at CoreLogic on March 17, 2020, which I like oh, wow. to uh, <laughs> mention to people because it was the first day when of the shutdowns. So it's been uh, an incredibly interesting experience, but nevertheless, I'm very excited to be here. Um, so um I lead a team of a couple of economists in addition to our larger group, which is about uh, five or six of us. Um, And we utilize CoreLogic's uh, data assets to track trends in the housing market, to develop thought leadership, uh, to find new trends, to forecast what is going to be happening in the housing markets going forward. Well, that is great. And we are thrilled to be talking to you today. So let's dive into this. Ultra luxury, it is just a fantasy to most of us. But I have to ask, who's buying these homes? (laughs) Yes, so this analysis comes from a presentation that I had to prepare uh, recently for Forbes Global Properties, which was actually hosted in New York. Doing the the analysis for for this uh, research topic has been actually really interesting to me because I didn't realize, in fact, how many people are there out there that are considered millionaires. Um, But there are many of them, and actually there is as many as 3.5 million of them. Uh, And these are individuals who who have net worth of $5 million or more. There is ultra high net worth individuals, and and generally those are the folks that are uh, ten or thirty million dollars in net worth or more. Oh my goodness! Uh, But 
<laughs> Nevertheless, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of them uh, actually live in uh, in Asian cities. Oh, okay. um, and Tokyo, as a matter of fact, tops the list with most um, high uh, net worth individual folks, about 100,000 of them. Yes. Well, I can guarantee you I am not part of that group. So <laughs> I, this is so interesting to me to hear, to, just to just hear you talk about this. So we've used this word unprecedented so much when we're talking about the pandemic, but that really is the word that comes to mind when we think about the last three years and the number of individuals that are now worth $5 million or more who are owning these property. So who are these power players that are driving the real estate market? Yeah, so there is generally people who already actually had wealth um, Mm. and stock market returns that we saw over the last couple of years have really allowed them uh, multiplication of their wealth. Uh, So, uh, you know, we had a nearly universal increase in asset values over the last few years. And that has definitely had a a healthy or very uh, significant impact on wealth of people from all levels of net worth. So that's not just, you know, five million plus but again this is ultra high net worth with with, with 30 million plus in, wow. in net worth um but just to give you a couple interesting stats that there um financial asset holdings actually are responsible for creating as much as 22.5 trillion in net wealth just in wow. 2021 wow. and then with real estate and other similar tangible assets that added another 10 trillion dollars in, in value. So, you know, we've had uh, in, in 2021 uh, a 16.6 annualized return on, on the stock market, which, you know, when you look at historically, wow. it's almost double of a 10% annual return that we saw in the past century. So really the housing market has been a significant contributor to that. Wow. You know, global wealth in 2021 actually surged by double digits. And so the number of individuals with $5 million net worth and higher increased by as much as 25% in the U.S. in 2021 and 20% globally. Ooh, that is, those are some staggering numbers. Um, The other thing is, you know, when pandemic started, uh, equities actually, the, the, the value of equities declined, so the, the stock market declined. And if you, at the time, were one of those wealth individuals and you mm-hmm. invested, uh, the, the, the return has been as much as 60%. Wow. So, you know, uh, it's... Mind-blowing. Um, yes. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's about being probably in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and really... <laughs> I mean, afforded these people the opportunity to do something like this by getting into these markets. So that makes me think that we've talked with your colleague, Molly Basil, about some housing myths and some states of where the property market is. And we've talked a lot about how there's been such demand for homes across the board. Are we seeing that same supply squeeze and demand for these upper, really ultra luxury properties as well? So yeah, similar to the overall market, the surge in demand has created supply pressures uh, in the luxury market, which were also made worse by some of the similar uh, constraints that that the overall market had, such as supply disruption, disruptions, and then overall obstacles that we see in in in. Um, 
uh, in new construction um, mm -hmm. industry. Uh, some of them, some of them being lack of labor, lack of construction materials, the cost, and and you know, then there's of course regulatory constraints. But what's interesting for both markets and 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 maybe the luxury markets had, has benefited a little bit more from from this is that. You know there is supply side of this, but what we saw during the pandemic was a, a, was a massive increase in demand mm -hmm. that we potentially yeah. wouldn't be able to see uh, at the same level had we not been in a pandemic, because people were now able to work from home, right. um, and because they were you know able to work from home, these folks who have more wealth than you and I, yeah. they can now choose to buy in these exotic locations. So yeah. some of the surge in in um, growth and sales for, for the luxury homes have been in locations that you know you would not necessarily have thought about uh, prior to prior to the pandemic. Okay. Exotic locations. That sounds fun. So do we know where are these exotic locations? Do we know where they are buying and where are the buyers coming from as well, too? Yeah, so, you know, buyers are coming from everywhere, but obviously there's will be more buyers from locations that where there's more high net worth individuals. You know, so obviously sure. Asia being one of those places where buyers are coming from. But North America as well, you know, North America, actually, those ultra high net individuals are more most represented in U.S. with almost 40 percent wow. uh, of them living in the U.S. So, you know, so so they will be uh, as a result also buying in, in U.S., but they will be buying in, uh, in some of the other locations. But but just to, uh, you know, to note some of the most popular locations for new home purchases, uh, half of were them, uh, half of them were in the U.S. and then we had uh, some in the U.K. Australia was uh, one of the popular locations. Spain was another one. France and Portugal were another one. And again, oh. these were not necessarily locations that uh, were not exotic or you know that didn't have luxury buyers prior to this. But it just that number of buyers was that much greater during the pandemic. Okay. Um, so. Ultra luxury home sales, those over forty million dollars and higher, actually spread out geographically beyond just uh, the areas that we traditionally have thought about as being ultra luxury market. So, uh, Los Angeles is a top market. Most of the ultra luxury sales happened in LA. But what was interesting um, in over the last year is that Riverside, which is an adjacent market to Los Angeles also had a sale in the first sale that they've ever recorded of 40 million dollar wow. plus and so you know so what we are seeing is people spreading beyond the traditional markets um and so you know this is ultra luxury market but even in say uh 20 million dollar plus we've seen more markets now in 2021 that we were not traditionally thinking of being 20 plus million dollar markets Right. That, that's so interesting. So a couple things I want to dive into there, I guess. Um, were there any traditional luxury markets where home values have decreased and maybe are no longer luxury? Are we seeing that as well? 
Um, well, I wouldn't think of it that way because, you know, I, I doubt that you can, uh, you know, a home that's $2 million, say, in Buenos Aires, I don't think that it's not going to be a luxury uh, home anymore. Sure. But there, you know, there were a few markets that actually saw a decline in, in, in values. So that, in other words, mean that if the, if the uh, home was priced 1.1, it would have been now 1 million a year later. So that's... Uh, how one can frame uh, in thinking about this. But actually, Buenos Aires was one of those markets that saw the largest decline. It actually had an 8.2% decline. The other markets were, for example, Cape Town, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Bangkok was another one. And in thinking why this may be the case, actually, uh, you want to think about how the pandemic was handled in, sure. in those markets. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, Argentina had um, not done so well with, with handling of the pandemic. And so I think I imagine that was one of the reasons why um, uh, high net worth individuals were leaving that, that metropolitan area. Okay, so I want to talk about the U.S. for a moment, but I, I can't help but ask this question because I've mentioned many times on this podcast that I live in the Silicon Valley and I hear you talk about $2 million properties. $2 million properties are not luxury homes where I live. So I guess, is there a definition of what is defined as luxury? Is it by according by the percentage of, of properties per area or is it like, it can't just be, you know, $2 million and above because I've seen some pretty not luxury properties for $2 million in, in yeah. where I live here. So just no, that's a that's a great question, McClare. And actually, there is not a universal okay. uh, definition, you know, people think of it dif in different ways. Um, but because we necessarily may not have specific uh, data on, um, you know, what 1% of property is in, say, Dubai. Mm -hmm. Only thing we know is that uh, number of home sales over 10 million, say, uh, sold in this year in Dubai. That's sort of why we tend to go by price Okay. price buckets right gotcha. but you know to put you in ease in terms of the two million versus some <laughs> other you know it was actually all price ranges above two million and let me give you an example uh homes that were priced between 10 and 20 million in the u.s alone were up almost 90 percent in 2021 wow. versus 2020 and then thinking about ultra 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 luxury which is 20 plus million they were sales were up as much as 70 percent uh, uh in 2021 versus the prior year so i mean wow. we're talking universally here yeah. and in demand wow okay so i staying with the us then and looking at how those demands have increased or how the increases have been so i'm gonna say exponential like that's just those are huge numbers of increases mm. anyone who's bought a home in the us in recent years has seen the bidding wars that have happened and i've talked about that a little bit on this podcast too of experiences we've had buying our home but is this the same experience with the luxury market are they are there bidding wars of people being i'll pay you 52 million dollars no i'll pay you 75 million dollars like do those happen in ultra luxury properties yeah actually ironically they do and and it, it, again similarly to the overall market uh that trend has been exacerbated by lack of supply mm -hmm. um so so actually in the in the uh in 2022 uh, as many as two in ten properties so about 20 percent of properties went over the asking price uh and historically or at least prior to the recession Wow. that uh, that share averaged about eight to nine percent so almost doubling uh, of properties that are now selling over the asking price in the luxury market 
Wow, that's just mind blowing when we look at the the amount of money that is being traded for those properties. Uh, yeah. So does this trend indicate anything about the future of luxury property markets? Well, you know, it, it does, to some extent, uh, suggest that the demand is strong. Um, now, you know, we all, we expect in general to, the demand for housing market to slow down. Uh, for one, you know, we've had surge in uh, mortgage interest rate. Uh, the other thing is home prices have been growing mm-hmm. at double digit rates. So, you know, naturally you get to the point where people start wondering, are we now on a decline? And so that yeah. may, uh, uh, you know, d- uh, detract some of the so some of the, the demand similar in the luxury market but what's really interesting is that you know obviously uh those that have more um or millions of dollars to spend, they, they're going to think about it in a different way. And so with inflation being another factor that it's you know on top of our minds right now, right. people oftentimes think of real estate as, as an inflation hedge. Um, and so, you know, in luxury wow. markets in, in particular, that may actually lead to continuation in demand, sure. strong demand for luxury properties. And the other thing is, um, you know, wealthy people tend to think about uh, real estate as a store of value. You know, it's something that's there that's not going to be taken away. Um, and so that also contributes to continual uh, a demand for such properties. Okay. Something else you mentioned was sometimes these luxury homes are not always a first home. They're secondary homes, which even that blows my mind. But when we talk about ultra luxury here, can you talk a little bit about how the market for second homes has changed because of the pandemic? I I know that this is something that a lot of people, maybe even not on the luxury side, have looked for a second home because of the pandemic because they didn't have to live near work. They could live somewhere else and they had would go to a, a, a country home or a beach home or something. So how how is this changed because of the pandemic in the luxury market specifically? Yeah, so multiple home ownership, uh, actually, or one can think of it as co-primary ownership, because they spend as much time in their primary home as they're in the secondary home. But that was another unique trend that uh, rose out of, uh, um, you know, onset of the pandemic. And so as these folks had more freedom to work from anywhere, Mm -hmm. uh, and they had, you know, more, uh, more money to spend, they were able to easily swap first homes for the second homes. And so actually the number, the share of people with uh, uh, more than one home or actually um, three homes, almost half of uh, folks that have $5 million and more in net worth uh, or, or own three homes. Um, so yes, of course they do. <laughs> so you know, they were able to do that, um, to, to, to split up their time and, and, you know, probably will continue to do that. Investing their money. Right, yeah. right. Wow. I My mind is blown. Three properties. That That is a dream. That is my dream at some point, but maybe not these ultra luxury properties. It leads me to think too, like what kinds of properties are these? Are they buying beach homes? Are they buying country homes? Like do we do we know what kind of homes they these second and third and maybe even fourth and fifth properties are? Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, we know that um, the largest increase has actually been in resort areas. So, you know, where wherever you, you can get um, outdoor amenities such as beach or lake or mm-hmm. uh, mountains, you know, these, these, these have been some of the most uh, popular areas. But what was very interesting to me, too, to find is that uh, there was also an increase in uh, demand for raw land. So, um, mm-hmm. you know. 
uh, high net worth individuals were not just buying already existing homes, but they were buying land uh, on which they can build their dream homes. Um, yeah. And and so that that was an interesting, um, you know, little tidbit that came out of my analysis. That is really interesting. I my brain instantly goes to the increased cost in construction cost materials too, but I'm guessing that's not going to be one of their problems if they're spending this much money on buying raw land to build their dream home. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe the bigger problem was really just lack of getting, maybe, maybe getting the materials here. You know, we had all those supply disruptions just transit wise. Then, you know, there's people, there's lack of uh, uh, people who work uh, in construction, which is an overall problem. So I'm sure just getting those things you know, to work all together to be able to build a home is, you know, faces similar challenges as the overall market. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that that is a major issue that we've seen and that we've talked about on this podcast before too, is supply chain disruption and the limited resources to be able to uh, build a new home. So, and that's led to construction shortages, which has led to more demand, lower building stock, and just all kind of perpetuates out in the, in the full overall housing market. So, okay. So this is so interesting, Selma. I'm loving this. This is so great. So to finish off today, I want to look at the future. I, you know, sometimes finish these podcasts saying if we could look into a crystal ball, um, I know we can't predict the future, but are there any trends specifically with luxury real estate that people should pay attention to? And how do we think these trends will affect the market going forward? So yeah, the crystal ball has been uh, much more unclear these days uh, than 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 it used to be, and and we would be remiss to uh, not mention what's happening in 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 Ukraine, you know, and especially in light of the fact that a lot of folks, um, those ultra high net worth individuals, are actually from Russia. Um, so, but you know, that aside, you know, I I, I think opening of the economies and being able to fly again uh, to, you know, most of the countries in the world uh, will uh, open up again those markets for um, for wealthy people that were maybe closed, uh, you know, during during the during the pandemic. So uh, the forecast for a luxury market is it's it's very positive. You know, we do still think that home prices will grow um, at a solid clip. You know, they were um, growing at on average about 10 percent. Again, there were markets, uh, for example, such as Dubai that that actually had the strongest home price growth or I want to say 40 percent. And so, you know, obviously there is going to be moderation from where we were in 2021, but still uh, relatively strong growth in home prices and, and continued of strong demand. Wow, this is just so interesting. And thank you, Selma, so much for joining me today on Core Conversations, a CoreLogic podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Claire. It was such a pleasure talking to you. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Selma. And thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our latest episode. Please remember to leave us a review and let us know your thoughts and subscribe wherever you get your podcast to be notified when new episodes are released. And thanks to the team for helping bring this podcast to life. Producer Jesse Devenins, editor and sound engineer Romia Roman, and social media duo Sarah Buck and Michaela Brooks. Tune in next time for another Core Conversation.